the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Links and Locks podcast. This is Spencer Aguiar, co-host of the Better Golf podcast, filling in for Jason and Ben. As usual on the Best Bets edition of the show, I will be running through the board and providing everyone my favorite place for this week's RBC Canadian Open. We will talk outrights, head-to-head wagers, first-round leader bets, and the placement plays that you normally hear from Nick, Brett Wish, and I when Jason and Ben make the turn. But let's see if I can't pull a Joaquin Neiman when he played 18 holes by himself in record time at the Tour Championship last year. Here is my opening tee ball at number one. Steven Yeager, top 40, plus 175 on FanDuel, plus 150 on DraftKings. My model believes Jaeger is one of the best value plays on the board this week because of his combination of form, where he has provided three top 38 finishes in his past four attempts, but also because of his numerical skill set that jumps him up 30 spots in my model when comparing his expected tee to green game at a random course versus how he statistically sets up for St. George's Golf and Country Club. Jaeger's short game places him fifth in this field over my two-year running model, and the extended distribution of irons that will take place from both under 100 yards and over 175 yards has improved his expected proximity total by 64 spots in my model. I would have had this price correctly at plus 125, so we are receiving 50 points of value, and his positive trajectory and safety only heightens his potential to find success at the track. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we birdied hole number one there. So with some positive momentum in our back pocket, let's shift towards the head-to-head market and talk about a play on FanDuel that started at minus 112, but has since increased to minus 126 as of Tuesday morning and might not have an end in sight. That wager I am speaking about is Aaron Rye, minus 126 over Hank Lebiota. Lebiota's weighted tee to green numbers have him 115th in my model. And while we do get a top 30 return from him when it comes to weighted bent grass putting, I am not sure the proximity numbers or around the green stats are indicative of a golfer that is likely to find success. Lebiota ranks 67th over my two-year model around the green, a not much better 64th over his past 24 rounds and the Irons could be placing him into a ton of trouble since the weighted proximity has him outside the top 100 players in the field. Filling in for Jason and Ben, I want to make sure I provide everyone with a slew of options to consider in all markets, and we will continue with that trend by going to the outright sector this time for hole three and targeting Tony Finau 30-1 to on DraftKings. One of the things that is worth noting about this tournament is that 15 of the top 16 players in price rank inside the top 16 of my upside model. That means that not only do we have an efficient board, which is less than ideal for head-to-heads and placement bets, but it also means that the win equity starts to massively shoot up towards your top handful of golfers being more likely to take home the title. I am someone that believes in building a card that is reduced in exposure in this section since hitting outrights can be difficult, but it's going to be hard for me to take too many long shots for the reasons I mentioned. I tend to prefer Finau at courses that emphasize long iron proximity and around the green game since he is one of the best players in the world when combining those two stats. And it might come as a shock to some that his upside actually tends to shrink at courses where he can use his driver off the tee because of the inconsistency of locating the short grass. I would have priced Finau closer to the 25 to 1 range than this 30 to 1 number that we got. 
And I think you can locate some value on the often disrespected American in the outright market. Moving into hole number four, let's go with something a little outside of the box, which will be CT Pan to be the top Asian player at plus 150. That will give you Pan against five other choices. But the reason I like this bet comes down to two main factors. For starters, Pan has made six cuts in a row, which is double the total of made cuts from the other five over a two and a half month sample size. But maybe even more importantly than that, those three made cuts have equal to only one top 50 finish during that time frame. I think it is very likely with everyone other than maybe Sung Kang, maybe Satoshi Kodaira, with both of them ranking inside of my top 100 players. I think it's very likely that maybe we get one or two of additional players other than Pan that makes the cut. And my model happens to believe the 30-year-old is the 14th safest play on the board, which makes plus 150 a bit of a grab there. For hole number five, I will keep us in the exotic market and give Alex Smalley to be first round leader at odds of 100 to 1 on FanDuel. The American possesses one of the better overall portfolios in this field thanks to his iron proximity and total driving. Two numbers that rank him inside the top 10 of the field when you combine his totals for each and compare him to the rest of the competitors this week. As we shift ourselves back into the head-to-head market and into a scorable hole at number six, I'm a big proponent of trying to find head-to-head fades against Matt Wallace at the Canadian Open. The legal books are stingy with the matchups they are providing in general and have been extremely quick to move a number the second they have seen any exposure to a wager. But something like Danny Willett minus 123 over Wallace has been one of the better matchups I can find on the board, albeit one where it's still placing two options against each other with extremely high miscut equity. Definitely shop around to pinpoint the best fade you can find, but Wallace is 125th overall in my model. He's outside the top 60 in every metric that I ran, including ranking outside the top 100 four times. For my seventh and eighth hole selections, let's focus in on Patrick Rogers, who will not only make the card at plus 175 to land a top 40, but let's also grab him at plus 102 on FanDuel over Cameron Champ. Rogers' experience is one of the largest climbs for me in my model when looking specifically at Bentgrass Greens, ranking inside the top 20 overall in this contest, and his 23rd place safety rating gives us a golfer with perhaps a safer floor than we are used to having on him during a typical week. To be fair, there isn't a large edge on most of the plays for this tournament since my model is walking step-in-step with the betting market, but I do believe Rogers should be a very slight favorite over Champ because of his built-in floor that is steadier than what we are getting with this boomer-bust nature out of the big-hitting Champ. And then to round out this opening nine-hole stretch, let's go with David Lipsky top 40, plus 130 FanDuel, plus 120 DraftKings, We have seen the Americans start to become confident on the PGA Tour over the last few months. For those that aren't aware, Lipsky used to play primarily overseas, despite being born in Los Angeles, but the comfort zone has seen him produce four top 40 results over his last seven tournaments. Lipsky ranks 27th in my model for safety thanks to those factors, and he also grades inside the top 25 for driving accuracy. These top 40 bets are all about putting together a built-in floor where the upside doesn't matter quite as much. And I think we have done a really good job of that so far with not only Lipsky, but also Rogers and Jaeger. Normally, this is where Jason would kick it to Nick and I to run through our cards throughout the turn. But with me already in studio and with driver in hand, let's start right away on the 10th hole, which will be Terrell Hatton minus 118 over Patrick Reed. The American has shown some form of life with three made cuts in a row. 
but it's the performance at the Memorial that worries me most since it took an overperformance around the greens to the tune of plus 3.4 shots for him to find his way into 53rd place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. St. George's Golf and Country Club looks like it should have a lot of similar qualities that we saw last weekend at Mirfield Village, which means any regression that continues off the tee will only heighten Reed's red flags that come into play at these tree-lined, condensed fairways. To me, Hatton is one of the safer golfers on the board if you are looking for a cash game play of any kind, and his upside shouldn't be discounted either since he is going off the board on DFS sites as one of the more under-the-radar options for the week. Hole number 11 will start with Tyler Duncan at 100-1 to on DraftKings to be first-round leader. Duncan grades as the 11th best golfer in this field when looking at my reconfigured weighted tee to green stat, and really the only thing holding him back from potentially making the outright card is that I am not sure I trust his par-5 scoring over four days. The first-round leader bet is a savvy way to get around that sense if he overachieves with that fast of his game for one day. We can see him propel himself to the top of the board, but it's also the same sentiment behind why I am taking the more conservative route with him to land as a top 40 at plus 155 on FanDuel for hole number 12. It isn't the easiest thing to play 18 holes by yourself. It becomes repetitive at some point. One person only has so many ways that they can view a course or a board that will fit within their general play style. But with that thought in mind, let's head back towards Alex Smalley and David Lipsky for holes 13 and 14, this time at plus 175 on FanDuel for Smalley to land inside the top 40, and then Lipsky minus 115 over Gria over at PointsBet. As you can tell, there are certain players that I am trying to gain as much exposure to as I can this week, and Smalley is going to be one of those golfers that you will see me trying to pinpoint in different capacities over and over again. I do believe he makes more sense when you stretch things away from safety, which is somewhat counterintuitive for a top 40 bet. But it is hard to ignore since the number grab that is being presented to us is very intriguing. As far as Lipsky versus Grio goes, my model actually does like Grio quite a bit. I do want to point that out there. But I am overriding some of that data since it is a common occurrence that takes place on my sheet loving Grio week after week because of his ball striking. It's one of those things where it doesn't look at the putting stats as much. Like I only run putting numbers through, you know, I mean, 10% at max of it. But even still, like in my model this week, I have 10% on putting. But of that 10%, only 15% of that total has come from putting on it. So it's always a very minor putting thing. And I don't actually think Grio has as much upside as my model believes since he doesn't have a top 30 finish over his past eight starts. It adds to the situation when we consider Lipsky to be one of the more undervalued commodities on any board that you want to look at for the RBC Canadian Open. And I would have had this price closer to minus 135 for those reasons. Hole number 15 will be the final head-to-head wager on the board this week. I wish we had first-round matchups at the time of recording this since the in-tournament market has been hitting for me at over 60% rate this year. But we will make the most of things by once again looking to take on Patrick Reed this time against Harold Varner III on points bet at minus 135. I mentioned all the reasons I was out on Reed a few holes ago, and we'll instead talk about why Varner is worth a dabble in some capacity. 
The 31-year-old is one of six players that ranks inside the top 10 of my model for both strokes gain at courses under 7,200 yards and total bent grass scoring. For reference sake, the other five are Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Cameron Smith, and Tony Finau. And the lack of perceived win equity tends to hurt him in all markets since the intrigue around backing him quickly starts making the general public think of his Sunday implosion at the Charles Schwab. I build my model over a two-year sample size to get rid of the short-term bias that comes into play. And while he isn't on my outright card, I wouldn't be shocked to see him capture this title. I believe a head-to-head is the better way to play it, just from what we've seen in the past. But Varner gives us a combination of safety and upside this week. That will take us to the closing three-hole stretch of this tournament, though. I am going to wrap it up with a handful of first-round leader bets and outrights since the end of a tournament is always about capturing wins. We haven't heard many outrights from me to this point since I only have a two-man card, but Cameron Smith's 16-1 to will be where I am going at the very top of the board. The Aussie enters the week after a shaky performance at the Memorial, but it is worth noting that Mirfield Village has always been a course that has caught him at his worst over the years. In fact, even with the poor ball striking, Last week's 13th place was his first top 60 at the venue in his other six tries. I've noticed that the off the T plus approach numbers tend to always mimic each other for him at courses he doesn't like. So I am going to completely remove last week's showing from my memory. And I'm going to grab a 16 to one price that I believe is value on this board, especially since Cameron Smith ranks number one overall on my model. Hole 17 will be Aaron Rye to be first round leader at 90 to one on DraftKings. I think we have talked about him enough already on the show. And hole 18 will be back on the Harold Varner train, this time for him to be first round leader at 50 to 1 on FanDuel. That is going to do it for this week's version of Links and Locks, though. I want to thank Jason, Ben, and all of Action Network for allowing me to fill in and play 18 holes with you guys. If you aren't doing so already, you can follow me on Twitter at Tee Off Sports. You can follow this show I do with Sticks Picks at Better Golf Pod. That program is all about us handicapping the betting board from top to bottom trying to teach everyone about betting strategy and hopefully making our listeners more profitable gamblers over time. I always say that I am in this industry to teach and not tout. So if you ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me to discuss anything you have on your mind. Good luck this week to everyone wagering money on the RBC Canadian Open. And I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to this show. Good luck, guys.